Hey, this is Russell, and I work at the video store. I absolutely love this job because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies and series and talk about them with my friends that work here. And interesting people pop in to rent something all the time. We can help you figure out what you could watch on streaming platforms and out in cinemas. All right, let's open up the shop. How's it, guys? Morning. Good morning. It is a nice, uh, fresh morning here. <laughs> Crisp morning. Mm. And um, the store is quiet. We have uh, Cole working with us today. How's Hi. It? And we've got Graham. Hello. And, and Russell. Uh, and myself. <laughs> and um, we have um, yeah a lovely day ahead of us. Mm. We are, are going to just get everything a little ready and sorted. Um, and a little later today, when um, people start popping in, we are going to have Matt and Kim come and pop in to rent something. Um, they are effectively our neighbors mm. to the video store. So um, here at 44 Stanley, where the Bioscope is, next, next door to us is Peachy, which is a delightful bar and restaurant. Um, very colorful, very fun ridiculous there is um, a beautiful um, fireplace and above the fireplace is this great portrait of Matt's cat (laughs) Frank in a suit Um, and it's a very colorful place it's got lots of charm and um, great food small plates of food Um, that's where they do the blue piano nights they do shows there and they perform there and they often have DJs playing I've watched all my theatre friends Um, sing songs yeah yeah, at those evenings it's great and um, they've got themselves also a great agency that does a lot of cool work and puts on a lot of cool events Um, one nice little shout out which I think is a cool um, coincidence really is that um, it's Matt and Kim's one year anniversary of their wedding so this, Congratulations, uh, Matt and could, Kim. Could be quite a nice little present for that. But yeah, it's a very fun chat. Um, and I think it, in, in a way, encapsulates the fun tone I'd like to always always have. Yeah. Um, so they are. It should be a good chat when they, when they come in and visit us. Um, we've got encounters hmm. on at yeah, the Yeah, you had your first weekend. Yeah, opening weekend. We were hit by a day-long power outage on Friday, which oh, was a lovely God. kick in the nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, but we endured and got our festival off to a good start. We had an incredible weekend. Um, and within the week of this episode coming out, Encounters is still happening. Some screenings have already sold out, as I said, including Millie's film, which is sold out within a few hours. Um, but there are a couple of others that still have tickets. So that's at the bioscope.co.za. And uh, having the best time. Mm, amazing. It's, it's so great that although the weather hasn't been too bad, yeah. Generally, in June is our is our coldest time, so it's so great for the Bioscope to have the Encounters Film Festival, which is a documentary film festival, mm. happen, and we get things cozy and warm and and have ourselves a, a great week of, of really world class documentary, South African stuff and international stuff, um, and that's going to run until the second cool. of July. Um, but yeah, we are we've got a lot of stuff to chat about as us. Um, we will get into that after the guest chat, so please stick around and listen to to that because there's some cool stuff 
coming out. Cool. There's some great stuff we've watched. I've got something for a staff pick shelf. Oh, uh, yeah? Which, which we'll get into, which is this delightful film called The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry. Mm. Cool. And I'm going to get into that. But there's a lot in the coming soon list. You've yeah. also got a staff favorite, a staff pick. Yeah. Um, I think my staff pick is straight up just Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yep. You watched yeah. that. I see that you watched that. Exactly. Um, we can live vicariously through each other's letterboxed accounts, and you gave it a solid five stars. Yeah, it is. It's straight that's up That's a is. big yeah. move. For me, that's a big move. It mm. has to, yeah. You need to be selective about those. You need to be careful. Yeah. Michael's not careful. He's so reckless with his five stars. Like, Bobby Mariposa, <laughs> five stars. Perfect. What else could you want? Um, yeah. Oh, Dangerous uh, dangerous Beauty. We'll get onto that sometime. You yeah. guys will hear Michael um, pitch that. I, I feel the same way about my standing ovations. No. In oh, my yes. life, I, you know, I was a, a, a studied drama at Wits, consumed a lot of stuff, gone to a lot of shows. And um, there's often been times where I felt like everyone's standing up and I'm like, I, I think it's good, but I don't know whether it's stand up worthy. Yeah. I don't want to give this away to everyone. <laughs> I had that moment. <laughs> but there have been a few moments where I'm in yeah. tears and I'm like, this gets a fucking stand up. Exactly. Yes. I was in a moment with the theater show recently. Um, where at the end of the play, the performers all on stage like came down to the audience and were clapping during the final number and getting everyone to stand for the final number. Yeah. And I I, I was not going to stand. I was like, no, like you're not going to make me stand yes. because you are clapping in the final song yeah. to yes. get a standing over. No, that's not how it works. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have to earn this. <laughs> I don't want to just give it to you because you're making me get... No. But anyways, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Standing ovations as well. It's the same with my five stars. Yeah. I, I don't know whether I've done a five star yet on Letterboxd. Really? But wow. I've come real close. Yeah. Um, your name oh, got lovely. me real close. Cool. Um, boyhood. Mm. There's been a handful kind of that have been sort of four and a half. Maybe I've done five. I must check. Okay. Yeah. But it's a yeah, it's a it's a rare moment. But I guess oh, I'm a bit more liberal than that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You you Indiana Jones, five yeah. out of five. 100%. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, we so must talk about Indiana Jones. We must Jones. talk about you watching all the indies. I'm starting yeah. that this week. Okay, so. So you can, can prep me for that. Because we can do a the proper chat about it sometime. Yeah, but the new Indiana Jones film is going to come out this week. Yeah. In the in the week that this episode's released. Yeah. Okay, no, that's exciting. That's exciting. Let's um, check that out. And also, we can talk about new releases uh, Marvel's new series called Secret, Secret Invasion. Invasion. Great okay. sync. Okay. Um, nice. Yeah. So new. It's like, it's like we've been doing this for a year, right? No, exactly. <laughs> like we we just know what's happening. Um, yeah. Um, Samuel Jackson's finding getting his time to shine. Right. I saw in an interview recently he said if he had his way he'd be in every single Marvel movie. All uh, right. Oh, <laughs> uh, I saw such a great discussion where they were like, if you could only watch one actor's movies uh-huh. for the rest of your life, which actor would you watch? Oh, my Lord. Mm. And it's an interesting discussion because you've got to think about the extent of their movies mm. and this guy had the best answer which was Samuel L. Jackson because then you can not only has he just made a crap load of movies yes. but it's like you can watch all the Star Wars movies you can watch Marvel movies like Pulp Fiction you can watch, Fiction. You can watch a whole bunch of What's Tarantino movie? movies with Christina Ricci Black Snake Moan oh. Black Snake Moan wild yeah yes. You can kind of game that a bit. You can pick someone like Frank Welker, who's been in like more than a thousand movies. Oh, the, the, the character actors on the side that are in like everything. Who, well, he's who a voice that? actor. Oh. Who did? Frank Welker's a voice actor who's famous for his animal noises. So anytime there's like an animal or something that has to like perform in a way, oh. he's the guy making the noises. So like the monkey in Aladdin. 
That's Frank Welker. Oh, what? Yes. He's in, like, I think he's got more than a thousand credited roles. Shit. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know about him. Has he ever been on camera himself? I don't think so. He's been in, like, other stuff. He's, like, Scooby-Doo. He's Fred in Scooby-Doo as well. He's Megatron. He's, like... Oh, oh then yeah. I've seen what he looks like because I saw so I saw many. an interview with him yeah. being oh, Megatron. Wow. That, that reminds me of the skinny lanky guy who always plays skinny monsters in suits like in Hellboy. Doug Jones. Doug Jones. Thank you, Graham. I yeah. knew you'd know that. <laughs> Doug Jones, The Shape of Water. Yeah. yeah. Um, the guy, it was him. Yeah. Um, it's Hans also Labyrinth as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. But, I mean, that's all just, we just listed all a whole bunch of Guillermo del Toro yes. movies. Hopefully he's in other stuff as well. Yeah. Awesome. But I think let's get into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, as I said, uh, Kim and, and Matt are, are going to come in and pop in. Um, and then please stick around for, for a lecker chat afterwards. Cool. Um, one a little mention, last mention um, for the month of our, our good friends at Doer's Wine. Oh, lovely. Oh, lovely. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed my, my cheeky dry white. <laughs> uh, friends of ours have started an amazing company called Doer's um, it is really good wine that comes in a box, and uh, hence the the name. And I implore you to go and um, find them on social media and, and watch all their ridiculous ads. But uh, when you head over to Durst.wine, you can enter in a promo code, which is Video Store Ten, and you can get yourself ten percent off your order of lacquer good wine that comes in a box. Nice. All right, uh, let's get into it. This is Matt and Kim. Popping in to rent something. How's it, guys? Good day. Good. It's nice to have both of you. Thank you. Yeah. Together in one place. That's um, uh, not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go straight in with you. <laughs> um, m- myself and Matt, you and me, um, we have a little history with podcasts. This room, yeah. this kind of setup, we tried our hand at an earlier version of a podcast. Which uh, is just sitting in some digital shelf somewhere for the world to one day uncover and discover. Definitely. Um, I think it was delightful and I appreciate your time in the first, what, sort of five attempts of something, which we called Boys Who Brunch. Yeah, I, um, I, I do, I do. Uh, I, I definitely <laughs> like the idea of putting it on a digital shelf because it's not... Um, I can't, I can't. I do like the idea of not calling it dead yet. Okay, good. Just yeah. maybe, maybe yeah, one day it'll like be released. Somebody will will discover it at some point, mm. and I think we can take this moment to appreciate the timbre of your voice. I think you, I think you have a good voice for recording. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever done anything professionally in I that have, regard? I have. Um, I've done quite a bit actually. Uh, I'm just not a demographic that is. Uh, very in, uh, in demand. demand right now. Okay. But I do have an agent, so hit okay. me up, talentetc.com. He, he used, to, used to be the, the voice of the Steers Rib Burger. Oh, really? There's a very embarrassing, <laughs> uh, well, it's not embarrassing. There's No, no, let me rephrase. There's a very not embarrassing ad out there, uh, but I was. it was quite embarrassing because I was the voice of Steers yeah. for one commercial, and then they went back to the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, the the I don't know if you remember the real food made real good kind of guy. Jesus, that was the your voice is incredible. That was the original, and it was like this old guy, and then there was a, a like a new young buck. I think it was at King James. He was like, I'm going to shake things up and change the voice of the the steers guy. Mm-hmm. So it changed to me being like real food made real good, 
and everybody hated it. <laughs> well, 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 the, 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 the client hated it. Steers hated it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I can see them being a little bit adverse to change, seeing as they, yeah. don't, they don't even have sides yet. But uh, <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. They only do chips. Yeah. Of all the... I mean, they do a good chip, they but do, still, they yeah. don't do sides. That's an interesting... I never thought of that. Yeah. And who else doesn't do sides in that, like, burger space now? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, uh, but you should check out that you just uh, Google the Steers Rib Burger ad because it's a very funny ad. I'll okay. leave it at that. All right. They once shot one outside the bioscope many years ago when they were doing those like mega King Steer, whatever, like when they would, when there was like four patties. It was like ridiculous. <laughs> um, and it was very cool to be a part of that. Um, how are you, Kimmy? I'm good. Yeah. You know, as they say in Norway, up and not crying. Up and not crying. Yeah. <laughs> is that a, is that, a, that sounds very Norwegian. Where did you, where I did mean, you? I, I haven't fact checked it, so, you know, don't quote me on it. It's okay. just a meme. Um, and you guys are also neighbors. You two are the owners of um, Peachy. Peachy, uh, Peachy Bar. Yes. Peachy Bar here. Stanley, baby. Which is lovely. I mean, that's really part of our origin story. Uh, Our origin story, yes, yeah. uh, between between uh, Russell and I, where um, during lockdown level, I don't know, one of the more uh, yeah. more eventful levels of lockdown, I we started. Was, I think it was the second. No, that was the first one. It was the first one. Yeah, yeah, level four or, or yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. series, and and uh, we started our podcast, and we, there's obviously a lot of spare time at the time. Yeah, and you had just moved into the bioscope, which was here at Forty Four Stanley. Or some t- a little bit of time after yeah. that, I came to visit you and saw the old Stanley Beer Yard open and available. Mm. And uh, yeah, the, and the I, rest is history. We yeah. created a bar there and then I had no more spare time. All of it was eaten <laughs> up. Don't open a restaurant, guys. And now I have no more spare time either. <laughs> yeah, because that's not the only thing you guys do. Um, you both also work together with Sly Media, which is, how would you describe yeah. it? It's an agency. A creative agency. Creative agency. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of a little bit of everything from experiential events to campaigns. What's the yeah. full scope? Yeah, I would say content and events in its uh, simplest elevator pitch form. Okay. Um, and uh, we do a fairly equal amount of each. Yeah. Um, it's a lot... It, it, uh, of late, a lot of social media uh, content, videos, okay. photos, that with, sort of with stuff. With one of the biggest clients being Puma for you yeah. guys. Yeah, okay. Puma's our... Uh, we love working with Puma because we get to do... It's a release from a lot of the corporate stuff we have to do in between. Yeah. So not and to I, dissing I was, the corporate stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you guys have chosen to do everything together. So much of it together. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you're not married. I mean, interesting is one way of putting it. It wasn't. It wasn't really a um, a conscious decision. A conscious decision. It no, just, you fell into it. Yeah, because I used to be. I was a graphic designer, so for the longest time, I was. I found myself in this niche of doing graphic design for festivals, for music festivals. Okay, so well, that's quite a nice niche to find it, yourself in. Yeah, it was lovely, and then yeah. she was the graphic designer for festivals. Okay. Well, Opikopi, I mean, Bushfire, yeah. like a bunch of like really. Yeah, Castle Light and Lux. Yeah. 
nice. keeping it surrounded. And then obviously COVID. And were you by yourself at that point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So just me on my own. And then obviously COVID happened and I was like, no, I'll be fine. You know, everybody was. It'll only be three weeks. Yeah. And then, and then I was like, okay, now I can't pay my medical aid. So I was like, babe. <laughs> Should we work together? <laughs> uh, I thought you'd. I thought you were. You, you were um, already part of Sly at that point. I was a little bit. I was doing a little bit of graphic design for them. But so she freelanced for Sly yeah. until pandemic, and, and then and you were always together at that point. Yeah, we were together before she started freelancing for yeah. Sly. Yeah, because I'm a. I'm a. I'm not that kind of employer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we, you and I, Matt, met um, and formed a friendship under what I think is kind of a unique scenario, which was you reached out about something because we, we do the, well, we've done the late night arcade. Yeah, yeah. And you knew that and you sort of reached out to me as someone who we hadn't met to, to ask me a question. And I, I'd kind of always heard your name and I'd, because you're also DJ and so I'd seen your name on posters and and you'd always kind of been in the periphery but we'd never met and I responded with like why aren't we why aren't we friends like why don't we know each other and so you and I met um at Dustler's in yeah. Brahm and Kim was also there at the same time which was nice yeah but we met under almost like a date like a friendship date which was like yeah why why let let's be friends. <laughs> let's let's um, sit down and tell each other exactly what we do, and we can be friends. And how much do you regret it now? No, I I treasure it greatly. <laughs> no, how it was let, the first date? I thought it was great. I was Is like, there this anything guy's cool. I could like just uh, for bonded, future fr friendship dates? Well, we had a I unique do? we had a unique connection which we could forge was which was our experience in Japan. Yes, and how we we all we all had the yeah lucky chance of, of experience in Japan. Can I ask? Do you ever find that the Japan discussion gets like really like you feel a little bit self conscious that you might sound a bit like a punt talking about Japan all the time? <laughs> yeah, somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> Because well, I feel I like, mean, but also Russell's been there extensively more than we have. Yeah, no, but I'm I'm, I'm including myself yeah. in it. Like, uh, no, so, I'm, I'm saying he sounds oh, like I'm less more of a punt because I'm only friend <laughs> yes. No, no, he's a little bit more of an authority. I'm just, I'm just aware of. Well, the whole time, and that was the charm for me, was just appreciating just how foreign it is, and how far away, and how unique yeah. of a chance it was. That we've had this experience, you know. No, we're so, I, we're, I, we're, so we all know, obviously, of Japan, but it feels so foreign, and it fucking really is, especially when you go there. So, yeah. So it's got a it's got a mysticism to it. So I think we're like kind of something like Thailand feels a bit more like. Yeah, we've kind of maybe all been more to Thailand, or we can I don't know. Well, that mysticism was there for me, um, and I think. Uh, I spoke about it uh, uh, at length to the point where Kim actually bought us tickets to Japan for a birthday present. So until then, it was very much this like unachievable sort of out there kind of country where, yeah. you know, one day we'll go there and it took my wife or girlfriend at the time to just buy tickets and be like, okay, well, now we're going. That's awesome. Which was, yeah. And then we've been chasing the dragon ever since, which is yeah. our um, quest to find ramen that is even remotely similar yeah. to the quality that we have in Japan. But we, Boise ramen. 
good boys. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, we tried. I think we've gotten pretty close. I took you somewhere. Yeah. Um, the other day. Yeah, I've been. I've been to a few places in Cape Town since then as well. And they. Yeah. There's. It's. It's hard. I haven't. Uh, we. I. I don't think that we've cracked it yet, though. No, because it's all in the spices. Yeah. And those spices just simply aren't on our shores. Yeah. Um, in case you're wondering what we're talking about. <laughs> It's the quest for tonkatsu ramen, which is like the most common pork bone bone ramen that yeah. you get in Japan. And even at the most basic station, cafe, kind of four-seater place, it will be, you know, you'll have a chef who's worked on that recipe for 20 years and it'll be the yeah. best damn bowl of ramen you've ever had. No, and it's a, yeah, it's a broth that, they, that they've been perfecting that almost feels like it's the same broth. In yeah. the sense that they use and reuse. Sometimes and it is. Sometimes it is literally <laughs> yeah. the same broth. And and yeah, and a lot a lot of the times, yeah, they've been doing it their whole lives or like someone before them taught it. And so yeah. As opposed to like a bunch of hip dudes going like, Let's serve ramen because <laughs> I went yeah. to Japan and we can do this and it's yeah. like, No, you can't. Um what uh, can, what? can I can I quickly ask you something? Yeah. Uh, just uh, going back to the um, uh, I, I don't know what it's going back to at all, but oh, oh yes, the old podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember a very specific uh, discussion that we had, uh, and it came it became relevant recently, where uh, it it came to light that you had a tennis court, or your parents had a tennis court. Yeah. In and and that's a very specific <laughs> sort of subset of people. <laughs> Yeah, and um, and then and then I uh, I don't know how much of this you speak about on the podcast, but you do ha have somebody close to you who's very into horses, right? Yes, no, no, we, yeah. we speak okay. a lot about it. Les so Leslie, there's a equestrian connection there. Partners. So in can horse I school. can I deduce from that that you guys were very interested in the coronation? <laughs> <laughs> That's just happened. Uh, no, we we. <laughs> <laughs> horses horses and tennis <laughs> fuck um no couldn't 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 care him okay and and the folks no nobody nobody really watched it we 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 celebrated um leslie's n nephew's one year one year birthday um at um leslie's parents house mm. and it was on in the background Okay, um, no it, looked, it looked hella boring and then there was yeah. a point where the, I saw the crown go on and I was like alright th th that's it he's been coronated there it is no but it's bullshit yeah. um, he you know they have such an extreme wealth as a family the, this is the, the royal family not, not, <laughs> not your girlfriend and um, <laughs> And um, they, you know, they could have paid for a lot of it. And I think oh, from yeah. what I can see, you know, you, you get the chance in this rare moment after decades of it being in a particular way, which was mom in charge, you get this rare moment to to say, well, this is what we can do in a modern era. I'm going to set a new precedent. I could set a new precedent. It's like, you know, when we in South Africa recently had a squabble to find the new Zulu king. You know, whoever that person could be, like, this is a great chance to go, all right, well, this is what the Zulu nation is going to be like in 2023. Like, this is how you could maybe use it as a chance to reshape, rejig, yeah. put in some better values or change things that are broken. But it's a pity when they don't do that. And and, and maybe just lean or, or not even lean into it, but accept it as the, you know, 
business that it is. I mean, not the Zulu kingdom, yeah. the, the the monarchy in, in yeah. the UK. Just go, okay, we, 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 we see the importance of this from like a tourist perspective or, or whatever, but let's not no, and a lot of people, drain the coffers. A lot of people love it. It's an important part of their identity. So yeah. I'm not necessarily saying the whole thing should be dismantled, but if the taxpayer is going to pay 100 million pounds, like they could totally have afforded it themselves to say, you know what, we got this one. This is on us. <laughs> yeah. You know, don't worry, we'll pick no, up the, we'll agree. pick up this check. If Maybe you guys can do the next one, but you know, we'll pay this one because like their economy is kind of in the toilet at the moment. Because Brexit was such a dumb idea. Yeah. But that's a whole nother I mean, can I, of worms. We we could use like one million pounds. Yeah. No, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Uh, can I uh, just 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 one more thing on the, on the coronation? Well, not on the coronation, but other things that like weird things that white people are into. Um, <laughs> is did your family ever? And I'm saying this because my family did wake up early for the comrades marathon start. No. 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 You we never came, did that. No. I feel like it's an Eastern Cape thing. It hey? might be an Eastern Cape thing, but for but for my family, it was an event. Oh wow! You wake up. You, there, there would be flapjacks made, oh. and everyone would watch the to start watch of it. Bruce. But did yeah. any of your family watch run Bruce? it? No, no. So no, oh, wait, they, we, were they runners? Well, in we any had, sense? We, we, we had various uh, family friends and stuff, and possibly uncles who ran it over the years. Okay. Okay, but that makes a bit more sense, though. Yeah, but it, it was a big <laughs> deal. It was like, oh, like, like you say, Brucey is going to do it for us. I can us, imagine so. that. Yeah, so it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, that might just be you. okay. But that's interesting. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, what are you two watching? I see that coronation. Hey, Cor- wow! <laughs> Did you tune in? <laughs> Seven with hours your back, to back. Yeah. Did you watch any of it? No, I okay. didn't. I've watched a lot of the memes though. Yeah. Very funny. The memes are good. The one, the one thing that's interesting is the song, the sort of Latin-y chant that they chanting while <laughs> Camilla's walking down, which sounds at one point like they say the word vagina. Yeah, it does. Where is it? Uh, wide vagina. Uh, Camilla. It's, it's, it's there's various ones. It's either wide vagina or I like vagina. But it's one of those wild things. I don't know whether you've heard those those kinds of yeah. things that make the rounds on the internet where there's a particular sound and if you tell yourself you're going to hear it, you hear it, you hear the one word and if you tell yourself you can hear the other one, yeah. you'll hear the other one but it's the exact same sound. And there's a list of them again. and they all, yeah. It's incredible. So yeah. I guess vagina is kind of similar. <laughs> vagina's just got that great mnemonic uh, tone to it. That, uh, yeah. Is wide. What, what was the actual word? Fuck, I don't know. actually knows. Yeah. What are we watching at the moment? This is why I'm glad that my wife is here because I don't uh, What know. is the general routine? Are there a bunch of shows that you watch together? Are there some that you do separately? How does it work in the Sutner household? There's a lot of shows that I will watch separately. Okay. Which Matt will eventually get into halfway. Okay, it's the other way around. Where and it's then, like, I'm not interested and then after a while it's like... Yeah. Is she going to say yes? Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> babe, please can you pause? Okay. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I'm going to take a stab. Is it Love is Blind on, on Netflix? No. We okay. actually, we try to watch Love is Blind together and we both hated it. Oh, good. Yeah. No, we good actively, for you. I mean, we couldn't even get through well, one episode. No, well done. <laughs> it's, it's sort of, it's like, it's like a kid sort of saying no to drugs it's like oh good for you if you can <laughs> if you can avoid it then then you're going to live a prosperous life 
But I think we yeah. were actively looking for something trashy. Mm. Yeah. And we're like, let's put this on. This is going to do it. And I was like, okay, well, there's a no, limit. No. This is too much. There's a- yeah. No, there's a point where it's, it's like, weird. I've, I've said this to Liz, like if you were to actually read a transcript of what she just said, it would sound preposterous. It would sound like a like a six-year-old, like this is so <laughs> bad. They, they articulate so bad. Okay, so how far into Love is Blind are you? Les watches it, but it's, oh, it's Les it's, watches it's, it's, it. It's no, and, yeah. she, and then when mm-hmm. I would come and sit down, she she'll go, "We can watch something else." Like, don't worry, and I'd go like, "Nah, I just got to do some work, or maybe I'm designing something or yeah. preparing a, 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 an emailer." And then after a while, you're like, you're totally into it. <laughs> I mean, it sucks you in. You, you get totally sucked in. Then then eventually you're like, you want to know whether she says yes. Okay, yeah. so so what are those ones that you then jump in on? So it started with Bridgerton. Okay, absolutely. So I started watching Bridgerton, and then Matt would just be like a cleaning around me, and then just slowly just stop walking and start watching. Bridgerton is interesting on a few levels. The one is like, don't you find it interesting that they just rewrote a history? Because you can imagine they had to. Okay, so basically, back of the box of Bridgerton, it's a set of books. I don't know whether the representation is in the books, but at least in the show, it's old English, like carts and horses and the social calendar, and yeah. lords and ladies. And it's it's all about um, getting partnered up, which, of course, 100 or whatever, 200 years ago, um, that was everything, right? Was to find your husband, and and you've got the season to kind of court. Yeah. And our young protagonist gets embroiled in in this whole thing, but out in the sort of fields of London and in these kind of parks and in this kind of social calendar, um, there's black folk yeah. as lords and ladies, which I think is so cool and interesting because you can imagine them going, "We would love to make the show now in 2023." Gonna be a bit of a white jaw because that's what it was. If you're gonna be, if you're gonna, it's gonna be, be Matt's house in uh, the nineties during the Comrades Marathon. <laughs> if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be, uh, you know, accurate to history because yeah. that's just how it unfortunately worked. Um, but I think it's totally cool that they've just rewritten it. The Queen is black. Well, it's I mean, I think that's the the beauty of Shonda Rhimes as a entity she's amazing so who's that sorry so she's the creator of the show so she also did Grey's Anatomy um oh. all of those shows that's and uh I think it was called The Fixer here okay um maybe not The Fixer it's got a different name here all of those shows that kind of like get you very very deeply involved with the characters and then she'll just break your heart with some tragedy but yeah so she created Bridgerton and now there was just a Sort of like a little, not a spin-off. It was a Bridgerton story, and it's yeah. about the Queen. Yeah. So there've been a few. I think the, so, I think it's all the books, and so yeah. now there's one about to come out, which is now the backstory of the Queen. Yeah. So I just finished that. Oh, it's out already. Yeah. Okay. It's like um, a spin-off. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of uh, delves into the sort of the integration of the two societies. So it's pretty interesting. Okay, so it, okay, so so, it does write in yeah. how But this is the first time. This is the first time. So yeah. I also noticed that uh, there's a lot of different kinds of people playing roles that would traditionally have been played by white people in 
in old timey Britain or whatever, and yeah. and, um, and it's great because you after because there's no attention drawn to it after five minutes you completely forget and yeah. and, and it's totally and it's fine, down yeah. to the skill of the actors or whatever. But in this latest season, and without giving away too much, it's the first time that I've seen in Bridgerton where they've actually some attention has been they've addressed it it, Uh, and I don't want to say how or or whatever but um, it's very interesting but it's it's quite a racy show like the second half I only watched the first season and it's very like you know cup of tea it's quite polite quite you know scandalous but a little bit and then when they get together they're just pumping everywhere (laughs) and then you're like oh god this is ETV on a Friday night (laughs) (laughs) pretty much (laughs) <laughs> One of the things about representation in TV shows, though, is uh, it, it annoys that it, it annoys me quite a bit too when uh, pe- when underrepresented people are brought in as stereotypes. When it feels token. Yeah. Yeah. Tokenism, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so th- I think this show gets that 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 uh, really well. But uh, what do we? What's the thing about the ambassador that we're watching at the moment the diplomat oh the diplomat it's cool eh? yeah. I think we're on like what three three episodes three or four three episodes or four, yeah, yeah we, we started that and I was like this is great this is smart yeah it's quick yeah it's intense feels a bit like the west wing yeah kind of where does it called the ambassador the, the diplomat the diplomat okay um, with Kerry Russell yeah and it's all about her being embroiled in a in a plot and I think there's, and she's become I, the, and I think the one ambassador of, her, of of England, London. She's based in London. Ambassador now. to the US mm. in, in in the UK. Yeah. And there's a trans character in that show, but it's not at all... A, oh, the assistant. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe, I mean, you can't A non-binary, really. yeah. a, a, sorry, sorry, yeah. A, a non-binary or non-gender conforming, shall we say, person in that show. And it's just part of it. It does. It just blends in. It's not, yeah. a, it's not a thing. Yeah. And that normalizes it for me, and I think that's the right way to go. Totally. And that is the end of my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> By my book. Yeah. Um, okay, what else are we watching? Succession. Oh, okay. Amazing. I've never, I, I know how good it is. I'm told how good it is. But often with these, these drama series, I, I, I have a reluctance to dive You don't <clears> want to get on the in. train. No, it's just like, I know this is going to be sort of emotionally taxing am I ready for it do yeah. I have the time do oh, I have the energy yeah yeah that's why it's um, nice that they're releasing just one episode a week now, especially so. if I don't know where it's going to go but now that it's going to wrap up maybe it's worth then seeing it like I have the fear that by like sort of season three or four it's going to fall apart and then I'm like I've wasted so much of my emotions on this um, no, no I mean, it's still worth your head. it it's no, not it's like good. I, I wish I still had all of seasons of succession to watch it's oh, so that's good. good okay it's so good i saw a uh, kieran culkin in a bar in new york oh, and wow. i was very tempted to um disrupt him and his friends and say hi um but i thought leave the man alone but oh. um it's, yeah. i saw something really interesting which was the, you know the 90s kid in me would never have predicted that the most famous Culkin right. would now be the brother <laughs> yeah. and the most famous olsen will not be one of the twins and is now you know the what is she an older sister? I think so. Yeah, yeah and uh, uh, fun fact: I just I finished the Hot Ones episode with Kieran Culkin. Oh, what's and, that like? Uh, yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, it's interesting to see. First of all, 
how much like his character he is, which doesn't uh, disappoint to uh, you. Cool. Uh, also, the uh, I forget what the uh, Kendall, what the actor's name is, but uh, the the lead male actor is is very similar to his character as well. Because I'm getting served a whole bunch uh, of cool. Succession stuff on YouTube. It's interesting to see the um, the people behind Ted Lasso, like yeah. Brett Goldstein, who plays. Um, Okay, so, so he's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Fucking Roy Kent. So, so, so <laughs> sell Ted Lasso to me because that was when we got through one episode, and I was like, mm, oh, d- I don't know. Right. I feel like I feel like now because I just watched uh, what's that? Welcome to Wrexham. That like, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Guy from that yeah, other yeah. show. Rob, Rob well, now, that, now that you have a football Shame. team, now yeah. that I have a football team. So I feel like I could, we could maybe. Ted Lasso. It's weird. It's, it's yeah. It's it's kind of weird in the fact that those two sort of happened quite close to one another. One being the real life, kind of a real life version of the same thing. Um, Ted Lasso. The way I could sell it to you is that it is very lovable, mm. in the way in which like. Parks and Rec is lovable. Oh, so like that's just what popped into my mind when you the said The characters lovable. are like literally him. He's like one of the most lovable characters. He's he's warm and endearing, and he's and and you can't help but like him. Yeah. And then of course they they just write it very well. Yeah. You'd appreciate. Uh, okay, so the basic back of the box of Ted Lasso for those who've missed it is the fact that a woman um, is inherited. Her football, uh, the football team from her husband in mm. a divorce, yeah. a wealthy, a wealthy um, couple, and she hates her husband, and so to spite him, she gets a American football coach to come and manage the team, thinking it'll run the team, run her sort of husband's, you know. Um, Team into the ground. Glory team, the team that you yeah. know the husband sort of cares the most about into the ground. But what she doesn't know is that when he arrives quite quickly, um, he brings such a great sort of energy and could, you know, despite him not knowing that much about soccer, football, he, he really turns this team around. Yeah. And by season three, yeah, they, they've relegated up and it's all about the small town. It's all about the people. It's about the players. And it's just lovable and it's fun and it's smart as well. Very quick writing. A lot of it is referencing a lot of film and television because it's made by creatives who know film and television. So like despite it being a sports show, there's media and film references. Mm. So it's like there's something for us or for myself to enjoy because I don't really care too much about sport. And it's very successful in the fact that it's a crossover, not only in that regard, but also it can hit British people, it can hit American people because it's got a little bit of everything. It's mm. lovely. And even now that you've told us by season three they're relegated, is no, it no, still no, worth a watch? No, that they go, that they go up. Yeah. That they, yeah. Yeah, they really get promoted. Up. Yeah, promoted. promoted. Yeah, promoted. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so, no, I mean, no, no, I'm not getting much. No, no, I'm <laughs> not getting much away. So, so, um, you I, sort of expect that kind of thing to happen. Are you one of those people that never watched Breaking Bad? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Where, um, sorry, just to go back to predicting and spoilers and things like yes. that. Yes. You know, you can predict that this team will get better and better. That, yeah. That's not part of it. Because yeah. there's not too much well, drama in that regard. Because you just told us. Sure, but yeah. I mean, you can expect that to happen. <laughs> Season where, three. No, but where what's really interesting in Welcome to Wrexham, which is the 
which is the docu series yes about Ryan Reynolds and and um, McElhenney buying this small little Welsh Interestingly town. Interestingly similar premise. Kind It'll, of. Yeah, like two Americans, parallel, two yeah. Americans come into sort of the UK or Great Britain and um, and um, sort of bring this town up and bring the people up and bring this team up. They can't predict what will happen in real life yeah. in the docuseries. And so there's like... It's hard when it's riveting, you know, and it's and it might not be the Hollywood ending that they would want. Yeah, it's really interesting. That's that, a really that one's, good show. It's kind of cool to watch the two yeah. back to back because you can almost see what the charm of Ted Lasso has done right because they've got sort of similar characters and similar town pub people, and then when you see the real life version of it, it's it's cool. I I, th- I feel like it's similar to um, uh, Shit's Creek in that. We uh, we watched one episode and we're like, no, this isn't for us. This type of content isn't for us. Okay, but not in uh, not in in the type of writing or humor. Just okay. like, mm. but I mean, we did. And then we gave Shit's Creek a chance, and like a proper go. I think it's... we've watched it twice now. Yeah, all all the seasons. Okay, then in that regard, then you have to give Ted Lasso more time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely worth your time. You need to watch Breaking Bad, bro. I know. I mean, I know. Have you watched or listened to any of the things that I recommended to you in the first podcast (laughs) in 2021? Well, there was one podcast and I, 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 I... no, I hadn't listened no, to that. No, you haven't. What you might appreciate about <laughs> about Breaking Bad is how how many seasons are there? Like I think seven, it was five, five. So so just from a design point of view, I found quite interesting what they did after. I think a couple of seasons they like would release sort of like these color palettes that change throughout the episodes uh. and the seasons and how how that changes the mood and just like the direction that the show is going in and that's all very interesting yeah so that might yeah. be worth a so just the textures of, yeah. of the scenes and okay no that's very interesting and the fact that it's probably one of the best written drama series of all time yeah. i know this it's i really know this good. but this it is, is also very like you need something in between you need yeah something light-hearted in between yeah we, we're doing that with yellow jackets oh it's so good yeah, because that after is like, not one of the best drum series <laughs> in the world. Um, no, just because it's kind of dark and a yeah, bit like yeah. sinister and Good a bit show. creepy. No, it's a great weird. show to watch. But I mean, you you can't even. It's apples and pears, bro. It's yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Breaking Bad is like a, a it's a five season story arc. Yeah, and and uh, so many drama series these days are written at like uh, I always compare it to The Walking Dead. Where it's like, okay, we're going to do another season after this. Cool. Okay, th- something's going to happen. They're going to find their little place where they're happy, and then the shit's going to hit the fan, yeah. and, p- and like we're going to lose a character. I, For- I formulaic. Yeah. I think you just don't like Yellow Jackets. You have like a a brain block because that's also one that I started no, no, watching, no. and then you came along. No, that's not true. <laughs> that's I, I, I disagree with. Honorable member, a point of order. I do not think that is correct. Uh, however, I'm not. I'm, I, I would say even uh, the diplomat is a little bit like a little bit. Uh, sorry, not the diplomat. Uh, even succession is a little bit like that, where you where where it has this. It's like the the arc of each season is very much okay. Everyone's happy. Shit hits the fan, and then it gets resolved by the mm, end of the season okay, because they're not enough. sure if they're gonna. 
and and, and I'm, I'm not trying to put you off watching Succession because it's yeah. really good writing, but Breaking Bad just like kills that completely. And then Better Call Saul. Yeah. 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 Okay. So those are the biggies. Just, just watch it, man. Yeah, also, yeah. Watch also it. Barry. Can't oh, forget Barry. Barry. Barry's yeah. great. Barry's yeah. a great show. Yeah. Barry is on Showmax. Yes. And that is Bill Hader, who is a serial, I mean, um, a, a, an assassin. Yeah. Um, who loves acting and wants to be an actor. Well, he, so tries, he, to to ref- he tries to turn his life around by starting... Uh, to t- by taking an acting class, and yeah. he wants to stop, and he leaves his assassin he life wants to behind, not and be he a thinks, contract killer. yeah, and he, and 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 I think the beauty of it is he thinks that's going to work. Like he's, yeah. like he can just leave it all behind him. I love the character with Elpisha. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Co- Co-Hank. Co-Hank or something. He's it's a Hank very something. lovable character. Uh, I think I just watched Barry for Hank. Yeah, no, I love I love Paul Hader so much as well. Just like his, he's got such a genuine infectious happy laugh and he's just such a nice you just you just get those feeling that like he would be such a nice dude if you were to meet him yeah like you'd really get along with him that's a really good show have you finished it i mean are you i haven't finished no, no i think there's no they're also epi- episoding they're also really releasing episodes weekly but now. we're now in the last season yes ever. yeah and but succession what is the name of the the old bully who's the coach again in, no, in Barry? Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, I mean, I don't know the actor's name. Jean, he, was, Jean, he was the Fonz. Jean Cousineau. Jean Cousineau is the, the, actor, the character's name. But he was the Fonz in... Yeah. Um, I forget his name He's now. brilliant as well. But he's an amazing actor. And um, a friend of mine actually told me a story that like people spoke of him as being like one of the most exciting, adaptable, incredible like theater actors of his time. Oh, yeah. And he was I just so highly revered. And... And he was just at that time where he just took he took the the gig, which was being the funds in Happy Days, and it kind of set him on a particular course, which his life he was kind of destined for more, even though that made him very famous and and a and a pretty recognizable accomplished actor. There was the feeling at the time just before he took that job that he would have been so much more. It's very interesting, it's crazy. and it's quite interesting how Barry kind of. Uh, leans into there was a head nod to that at least in somewhat some ways. Yeah, yeah and the fact that he could just do so much more um, but Lekka guys what else is on the cards for you um, so in your lives so I have actually really exciting news at the moment I'm going to be later on today I'm going to be labelling the <laughs> DB board <laughs> in PG so uh, that nobody fucks it up so that uh, I mean, they don't break don't the know. generator again I don't know if it should be you that labels it gentlemen. I looked at your first labelling job and it was really confusing yes and I've, I've okay so, so that's that's on my cards today okay one last show that I don't think you would assume or think that Matt would be into yeah. Uh-oh. Is RuPaul's Drag Race? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm an I'm an avid. I'm a RuPauler. <laughs> <laughs> what What is it that you like about it? Um, it is it is it is great. You just like you like seeing gra- the queens. It's great. I love seeing the queens. Uh, but um, it's just, it's great content. That it's great uh, content to have on. While you're working on your laptop. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We call them fall asleep shows here at the video store, uh, which yes. are the ones that are just, they're not going to stimulate you 
on a too much of an emotional dramatic level yeah they they can lull you a little more into bedtime i do like um i i do i do i've grown very close to the community as a viewer of the show uh, very i feel i very i feel very close like you feel close to people who run a podcast that you like yeah, or whatever yeah no 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 you i get that they've brought yeah. you in which is yeah. which is exactly what ted lasso is like yeah. you get those people you feel like they're your friends yeah cuz they every now and again um i'm not giving much away but every they form this little community like a little safe space of dudes it's it's ted um you'll love coach beard who's his like assistant mm. who's the more hands-on coach who mm. understands soccer really well football and he's got a beard um and then there's a few other people and they call themselves the diamond dogs and they're like <laughs> and they go like and they sort of create this little safe space and then they talk about what's going on in their lives and it's very quick and the one guy's talking through the window and like it's almost like if you're not concentrating you might miss like one or two like really quippy lines but in those moments they they bring you in to the community yeah. they make you as the viewer one of the diamond dogs yeah. too you know and so you feel like you are part of this gang totally okay so so RuPaul's drag race yeah absolutely i uh have you gone to drag shows in real life uh we've been to uh, uh what's it what's it called beefcakes beefcakes yeah i'm trying to i'm trying to get matt to i'm trying to convince matt to to start a drag brunch at peachy but they're wildly popular. I just don't want to do a drag brunch. I want to do like a drag lunch or dinner or something like that because drag brunch has been done in the center. Yeah. yeah. So well, let's But do we, you know, we do shows here at the Bioscope yeah. every now and again. And maybe there's a way in which we can do them here and then it can be like an after party thing or like totally, a pre yeah. thing. Or yeah. We can make drag, a whole yeah. night out of it. Can start, we literally, can start in the it morning. It was literally called that. Really? <laughs> we did one which was called the drag extravaganza. Oh, wow. I feel like it should be a whole day event where you start, well, maybe not whole day, but you start early with like drag story time. Yeah. And then you can do, then all the kids can go and then you do comedy and then you do. Yeah. Lovely. One of the, one of the ones um, which we called Life is a Queer Beret. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the acts was like stand up, like full on stand up. Mm. And it was like unique. Yeah, it's very I cool. I can imagine. Very unique. Can you remember, Kim, what my drag, the other day I said, if I ever had a drag name, it would be this? No. Come on, you're so good at remembering things. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what was it in relation to? Oh, I can't remember. I think it was just a random thought. <laughs> <laughs> I got out of the shower and it's like, babe, babe. This is you my drag <laughs> what, would your, uh, what would your porn star name be? Uh, Muffin Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> I love how everybody knows exactly how one creates them. Uh, Muffin Bryce. Yeah. Wait, well, how, which how is, is unbeatable. It's, it's your first, it's your your, first pet? It, it's and? a pet and then your mom's maiden name. Oh, yes, mine would be Riza Weir. Oh, my God. <laughs> Riza. <laughs> it's like I would be in like the, the League of Liza Minnelli. <laughs> <laughs> Splinter Lambert. No, fuck off. <laughs> that's yeah. great. It's great. No, that's amazing. <laughs> I didn't think anyone could beat Muffin Brass. I don't know. I it's mean, close. That's good. No, no, you, you, you did it already. <laughs> Splinter Lambert. <laughs> Splinter Lambert. Oh, uh, you can do all the voiceovers for it. You can do it all Friday, Friday nights. Friday nights on E with Splinter Lambert. <laughs> this summer, Splinter Lambert, Chest Rockwell. <laughs> Uh, I love your voice, man. 
Let's get you back in the... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen, guys, I think you need to go and fix that DB board. Yeah, bro. I couldn't wait. <laughs> I'm literally counting the minutes till this It's the hard, it's the hard yeah. stuff, hey, but it all adds up. Hey. This is the real uh, glamour of running your own bar. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. Getting a cool label stuff, maker yeah. and telling people what to turn on and off when the generator's on. <laughs> it's hard mode. Yeah. You and me are, are, are in a unique place where it's like, it's hard to do these um, these bars and hospitality and help people yeah. when, when we're doing load shedding. Like if it's an office, it's easy. It's yeah. easier. It's much easier. Just power the computers, power the internet, work and carry on. Yeah. But we have all funny devices that can or can't be on or can only be turned on this way or that way. Mm. So tell me about the funny device that you have that can't be turned on in a certain way. <laughs> you make it sound so much more sexual. But I'm literally talking about a coffee machine or a slush puppy machine. Oh, oh, oh sorry, man. I, They're unique. And I was like, maybe the slush puppy can go on the inverter. And the guy was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, uh, I will give you some news, and this is relevant to the people out there who may listen to this. Mm. We are getting a gas powered coffee machine. <laughs> really? For real, for real. Does that yeah. exist? Yeah. It's got a conversion, so it runs off electricity most of the time. And then during load shedding, it still uses a little bit of a trickle of electricity, but then uh, the gas heats up the water. Oh, that's smart because yeah. we can't do coffee. Mm. Yeah. And when it's cold and rainy and the power's off, people just want coffee. Yeah. So. Okay, that's smart. Okay, come we'll, to Beachy. We'll come to. Well, we'll <laughs> we'll send our people over there, or we'll get coffee from you, or we'll try and get one of these ourselves. Yeah. Magic. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having Thank us. You for Thank your you. Time. Good luck with everything, and we'll see you soon. Peace. Bye. Peace. All right. What a good chat. What a happy chat. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, Mass is is a delightful dude. He always always makes me laugh, and so it was good to have him on the show. And it's good to actually record something that got released, <laughs> because so many uh, things I've recorded with Matt haven't been released. So oh, yes. um, that was very cool. Obviously, uh, it's worth acknowledging the time when this discussion happened. It was on the cusp of succession coming to an end. Obviously, that has now happened. Same with Ted Lasso. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously we, we had this chat just a bit before that. Um, but this is now um, what we call the cash up, which is the end of the day when the store gets a bit quiet again. We can, we can all have ourselves a fat chat. Yeah. And we can also right some wrongs, balance the till, um, get everything sorted before we turn off the lights yeah. and go home. I have a lot of those. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the one thing that is obviously important to mention that you probably were shouting out out loud in your car uh, <laughs> while listening to was, of course, the actor, the actor we were trying to remember from Barry is Henry Winkler. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't come to me at the time. But <laughs> it happens. <laughs> but it, it happens. Yeah. Um, what are you guys watching? What are you enjoying? Um, I finally got the boyfriend to watch Jurassic Park this weekend. Oh, yes. Because nice. we had a deal that was like, I'll watch a Barbie movie yes. in prep for Barbie. Okay. Because um, he wants to introduce me to the Barbie cinematic universe, yeah. as he calls it, which is not a thing. <laughs> the BCU? <laughs> He's just decided. <laughs> so I, I just thought to interject at this moment yeah? just to say I, I really appreciate what's happening between you and the boyf. Yeah. Um, and perhaps just a little bit of context. You grew up and just 
ch- chime in and perhaps sure. you tell the story. But the understanding is that you grew up in a rather heteronormative house and childhood. Yeah. Where you watched Jurassic Park and a bunch of boy movies. Yeah. When yeah strangely boyish stuff. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that was what I got from the world. Yes. Or if that was the environments necessarily I was in if, or if all my friends were doing that. Yeah. But I just felt like none of my friends were watching Legally Blonde. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And I was watching like Indiana Jones seven times a day. Um, <laughs> and and that, loving it. Yeah, loving it. Having a yeah. great time. I had a great childhood. And then I find this interesting. And then in another house somewhere in South Africa was Michael who was growing up playing Barbies and knowing Barbies and <laughs> watching Barbie movies and, and sort of understanding himself at this point. Or, uh, I don't even know if that was happening when he was a kid. Mm. Um, I think that might have come later, but I know that um, his selection of movies was a lot more limited than me because he never had DSTV. Uh. Um, and he would talk about, whenever I mention a movie, he'll be like, yeah, maybe that was on ETV. Right. Because okay. that's where he'd get yes. like Jurassic Park or Indiana Jones and recognize a lot of the things that I'd talk about. But he was watching Legally Blonde unashamedly and loving it. Yeah, because it was on. Yeah. And yeah. that's what he could watch. Yes. Um, yeah. But then but, but then what's been cool is that he's shown you some of these movies and you're showing him some of yours. Yeah. It's 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 balanced far more in his favor. We had that discussion <laughs> this weekend. I'm getting a little bit annoyed. I was like yeah. I've made you watch The Godfather. I was very proud that he watched The Godfather 1. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, and he laughed out loud at the mustache transition. I don't uh, know if you guys have ever seen that. I can't remember that. There's a shot where a tree cross-fades into Vito Corleone's mustache. Right. Or okay. like from his mustache to the tree. It's ridiculous. Okay. It's the most <laughs> stupid transition you've ever seen in your life. His mustache becomes a tree. Right. But anyways, um, yeah, we've had a lot of fun. Um, I've watched a lot of his movies. He needs to watch more of mine. So he said, okay, cool. I'll watch a Barbie movie. And you watch... Like something cool. Yes. And we had spoken about coming to the Bioscope to watch Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. but we couldn't make it that weekend. Yeah. Uh, for the 45th anniversary, 40th? 30th. 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 Wow. 30th. Oh, my yeah. Anyways. Um, and yeah, uh, got him to watch it and we had such a great time and, and I he, discovered the he, defense mechanism. Yeah. Yes. He had never seen it before. Never seen it before. That's wild. That is so crazy, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm. So a lot of these discussions happen. Um, wow. And his defense mechanism in watching scarier movies, anything that's like marginally thrilling, because mm. he likes to watch silly, goofy stuff, yes. yeah. um, is the defense mechanism is to try and predict what's going to happen or to call out what's going to happen. It's like, <laughs> oh, so, I mean, the T-Rex is going to break down the fence yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. I've, the Velociraptors have escaped. <laughs> Oh, it's going to open the door. Like, I'm like, okay. And I did a sneaky recording of it. He hates it if I sneaky record him. Because like, you have to ask for my consents. Um, I sneakily recorded him. And his eyes were like, in the kitchen scene with the Velociraptors, were like yeah. wide-eyed. Right. Still slaps, like, baby. It slaps so hard. Slaps. It is so good. And the funniest thing was later. how attractive he found Ian Malcolm. Oh, yeah. Jeff Goldblum's character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's just like, I don't know what it is about that man. Yeah. He's become a sex symbol, dude. Yeah. Totally. And particularly that look where he's kind of lying and he's yeah, got his shirt, shirt, shirt open. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen the gif that someone made of Sam Neill lying on lying the uh, triceratops? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling him breathe. Um, yeah. We posted recently a great video of, of the sound guys breaking down that T-Rex noise. Oh, cool. Um, it's it's, I did watch it's something worth you know finding, which is... 
they used these elephant sounds yeah. and, and, and crocodiles and it was really cool. It's cool. And that's lots of fun because they were kind in a way the first. Obviously yeah. there have been plenty of dinosaur movies, mm. but they were the dinosaur movie and of yeah. course it was as far back as thirty years ago. Yes. Yeah. So these guys had to figure out what a dinosaur could sound like. Mm. So they had to make it up. So they largely used elephant trumpets. Yeah. And like reversed them and added reverb and figured it out. It's a masterclass in sound design. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of a little masterclass, um, I watched a delightful, delightful movie over the weekend, The Unlikely Pilgrimage of Harold Fry. Mm. Uh, we spoke about last week how the British just tend to make such great, endearing films. And wholesome movies <laughs> and about wholesome movies. ordinary just, people. And um, I, I happy cried. Really? Nice. I happy cried. And... Um, I, I have spoken about it in the past that I've got parents um, who wish for just good, happy stories. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what they like to watch. Yes. Right. And we've also had young guests, people our age, going, life is hard enough. <laughs> I don't want dark thrillers and yeah. serial killers in my life. I want happy shit. And this is that movie. And it is a very small, beautiful movie. So much so that anyone listening who is involved in the making of production, writing, this could have happened in South Africa. They could have oh, made okay. this movie easily. You could, you could have made it anywhere. Mm. So basically, the back of the box is it's an old... Our main characters are an old couple. And um, as the movie starts, he discovers that an old co-worker has got cancer. And um, he, he wants to write her to sort of wish her well and I'm sorry to hear and w she's now in hospice mm. so he knows that this is the kind of end but he can't he, he doesn't feel like it's enough to write and you understand that there's more in their relationship you're not sure what it is and he's troubled and he's an old man and he's in this little town in England and he in, has this chance encounter with a woman who works at a at a garage one stop and she says you can give the someone with cancer hope. They can survive if mm. you just give them hope. Right. Something, something like that. It's a, it's, a, it's a lovely little, small little nuanced interaction. And this gives him the bizarre idea to walk right. across the country to get to his friend. Sure. Her name's Queenie. Okay. Right. And, he, and he leaves a message at the hospice to say, you stay alive. I'm walking to you. Wow. And nice. you get the impression as the movie goes on, and now I don't want to give too much away, but you realize that it's a lot of it is about him and his own demons and his own issues that Whoa. he's got to work out. Okay. It's less about this actual woman and getting to her, but more about him doing something with his life, like mm -hmm. having, having a purpose, having agency. Right. Wow. And then more and more gets unraveled, and you realize like why he's just got this crazy impetus to walk and it takes him weeks and it's almost got this kind of like forest gumpy moment where, was, other, oh yeah, where other folks mm. hear about it and join him on the walk and he oh, sleeps okay. on the side of the road and people take him in and and um, and it's a it's a happy cry <laughs> <laughs> and it's just such a great movie and it's on dstv box office now um, the unlikely pilgrimage of Harold Fry. I really love that idea that it leans into the idea that we don't. It's that Mother Teresa quotes okay. uh, that there's no such thing as a selfless act. Uh, okay. okay. 
Yeah, nothing is like truly selfless. Yes. We're doing it because we want to feel kind. Yes. Yeah, in 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 psychology, I did a I did a year of psychology in my in my BA, oh, yeah? my bumbling around, right. <laughs> and um, um, yeah, there there is a sort of a question that gets asked, which is like, can you be a hundred percent altruistic? That's yeah. when I first heard the word. Oh, <laughs> yeah, where it's like you know people do it for themselves to make yeah. themselves feel better. Um, uh, but it's it's just a it's just a beautifully simple film, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget a screenwriting lecturer saying the same thing about Sideways, that um, uh-huh. Paul Giamatti film where they go on a two two um, guys sort of have this sort of very small kind of bachelor weekend ahead of mm-hmm. the one buddy getting married, and they go to the wine farms up in Northern California, mm-hmm. and he was like, this could have been in Cape Town, yeah, no, totally. They could have they could have made this movie. In Stellenbosch, mm-hmm. yeah, there's nothing stopping South Africans from understanding real life limitations of budget and mm-hmm. and writing and these markets. beautiful sh- short stories. Yeah. I mean, and I mean these beautiful like simple stories. Why I wanted to say short stories is because as this movie started, mm. it almost had the it moved so quickly and it started so quickly. It was like it was almost like this ad. Like a beautiful, wow. like Ellen Gray ad. Oh, Do you know no. what I mean? And, and and it was one of those, like like a short film. It, mm. it it had such a quick, off the cuff pace from the beginning. Okay. So it moved quickly, which is also a great testament to good writing, where mm. you're not waiting around. Yeah. Within two minutes, you know exactly what's going on, and the movie's in motion. Yeah. It's, That's it's, the thing as well that if you don't grab an audience member in the first. Like 10 yeah. minutes, especially with streaming. Yeah. It's so easy to turn it off. You didn't rent this. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, you, Graham, are on this lovely quest that we keep checking in on. Yes. Where you are watching one movie every day. Yep. Thus of this far. Of this year. Yeah. And uh, how are you doing? Yeah, it's going all right. So I watched The Flash again last night. My brother hadn't seen it. So we oh, nice. Watch it. We watched all the Indiana Jones. Oh, I watched all the Indiana Jones movies. Okay, when is um, the new one coming out? This week. This week, yeah. the week of this episode's June release, June thirtieth. That is very exciting. It Ooh, is yes. another Indiana Jones movie. Right. And um, and what was your feeling like um, going through like a recap of the? Old I movie? freaking love those movies. Still slap. Oh yeah, especially I, the first and the third one. Yeah, I watched yes. the Raiders of the Lost Ark last night. Indiana Jones um, and the box that has God's laser in it. Yes, that's what it should be called. <laughs> I um I I missed them when I was a kid. Mm. Oh, that wasn't sort of somehow on my radar. Yeah. I mean, I kind of knew of it, but somehow that bus drove past me. Yeah, and rewatched them as an adult. And mm. like Temple of Doom's bizarre. That's it's the middle, that's the middle very, one. It's a bleak movie. It, well, but no, but it's also ridiculous. It's sort well, of I mean, like they're all ridiculous. They're no, but, but I mean the they they were kind of relatively small scale. Where the second one. Temple of Doom just had this whole big set piece and mm. it was kind of a big but over the top but yeah I mean is that, is that why Lucas, you don't like it no oh, okay. George Lucas and Spielberg were both going through divorces at that point in time <laughs> really so, yeah, wild yeah so that definitely plays into it I think it starts great and it ends great but the middle is rough yeah the middle is kind of unpleasant how do you feel like their divorces were were playing into the movie. Uh, definitely in the well, just because they're, it's it a just, bleak kind of like violent, yes, dark movie. It's pessimistic, and okay. the fact that like the female lead a goes from like Karen Allen, who's like 
she's still kind of like your 80s portrayal of a woman to an extent, but she's still like competent and capable. And yes. then you have Willie in the second one who's just a screaming lunatic. Yeah. You know? Like with no agency whatsoever. Yeah. And became Steven Spielberg's wife. Yep. Oh, yeah. so in this messy divorce, he, f- he, he discovered found, his new... He found his new person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting. But we were talking about doing like a whole episode in Indiana Jones. So yeah. we can do that at some point. We should. But we I should think there's a lot to pick fantastic, dude. And Kingdom of Crystal Skull, which was the sort of modern... Mm. Um, 2008, I think. ...film that sort of... You know, obviously there was the beloved trilogy and then many years later came yeah. the attempt to continue the universe. Yeah. And it was largely panned at the time yeah does it does it hold up does it recover any dignity or is it still i've always kind of liked that movie like i recognize the problems it's sort of like with temple of doom it's like there's things i don't like about it but there's a lot of stuff i do like about it yeah okay but so it holds up it it still deserves its place yeah i think so i mean i personally remember thoroughly enjoying that movie it's a lot of fun and then here comes edition five yeah um which I think got mixed reviews at Cannes. Mm. Yeah, it seems mixed. So I mean, Cannes is the wrong audience for that movie. Though. It feels it's like so it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is those movies that that really will live in the eyes of the audience. Yeah. Yes. And it doesn't matter what any kind of critics or guys in a yeah, exactly. tux in, in the south of France say. So, and whether or not it it gets the extra minute of standing ovation. Yeah. Clap. Exactly. <laughs> Six minutes. Seven minutes. Yeah. Some, dick- gets some dickhead's timing yes. in the corner. It's like, <laughs> fuck, man. Um, okay, so we have hope. Yeah, I'm looking and forward to it. And we're excited. I think we should maybe go. Yeah, I think no, we should. Definitely. It's also John Williams' final yeah. movie. I saw something it's so... the end of the era. I saw, it's his last movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay, because he's in his 90s. So John Williams is the, the composer of yeah. all these scores and famous things. And I, I saw um, a, a YouTube in my YouTube wormhole the other day. I saw a, a celebration of, of him mm. um, where an orchestra was playing and they brought him up on stage and Spielberg's there and even Daisy Ridley and and um, full orchestra. And he's like, he's a 90-year-old dude. So yeah. he's like, he's he's quite frail. He's walks like a 90-year-old would walk. Yeah. And they ask him to conduct the Imperial March, which is, you know, the the evil song of, yeah. of yeah. Star Wars. Um and the moment this bro takes the the conductor baton, stick, yeah. the baton, and the moment he starts, he was so elegant yeah. and incredible. Yeah. Obviously, because this is what he's done his whole life. Mm. But it was just so amazing to see a 90-year-old just yeah. being so proficient yes. at this one particular nuanced, very physical job. Mm. And then the and moment also, he finished, he sort of became frail again <laughs> and sort of walked off. But it's amazing to like, I think, appreciate that inside of people, there's this song, yeah. right? So if you look at like what John Williams can produce, and they even at some festival or like conference, I think, yeah. last year introduced a theme uh, from the new Indiana Jones movie uh, okay. um, as like a preview. Mm. Okay. It happened last year sometime. And it was a similar feeling that you describe now because it was a new song that I'd heard come mm. from it. And it's also just you're 90 years old and you're yeah. still like creating this beautifully emotive music. Like yeah. your age hasn't stopped you. Yeah. And it's, it's very interesting how he has a unmistakable signature, yeah. Yeah. which are those big triumphant punches and the, the way the, the, the songs are so epic from yeah. Star Wars to Indiana Jones to um, 
Jurassic Park as yeah. well. Yeah, the Jurassic Harry Park theme. And then what was, I thought, really interesting, dialing back to a few weeks ago when we all watched um, that pre-screening of The Flash. Mm. Oh, yeah. I was like, in my head the whole time while I was listening to it, I was like, Warner Brother movies have something. Oh, uh, right. Mm. They, when you think of Harry Potter and you think of throughout The Flash, there was the, the kind of Danny Elfman-esque yeah. magical score. Yes. And we weren't quite sure, because we said this is kind of interesting at the time, we mm. watched a near-completed cut of The Flash. Mm-hmm. And we weren't quite sure whether they were that was the final music yes. that was going to be in the actual movie. So now you've seen the final yeah. version. It was it Danny Elfman? We don't no, know. No, no, no. It wasn't Danny Elfman. It was, but it wasn't Danny Elfman. He, it, Danny Elfman is the composer who's done all the Tim Burton stuff. Yeah. And that's this like manic, circusy, mm. swirling, umpa bumper kind of like bonkers score. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he's a bonkers dude. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and the Flash had some of that. Was yeah, it still they, well, in the they, final cut? Yeah, yeah. Well, they do reuse his like Batman theme and the whole score. Yeah. I think because of that, the whole score is kind of pitched towards sounding kind of like his music. I think just mm. so that when you get to the Batman stuff, it doesn't sound out of left field. Yeah, they very deliberately try to make it sound kind of Daniel. His name and, is and his name is Benjamin Wolfish. I follow him one. on Instagram. Yes. Yeah, I just he, realized he did the score yeah. for for um, was the, the Flash. Matrix music in. I was about to say because I don't remember. I wasn't listening okay. for that moment. I was just about to say because we also heard parts of the the score sounding like the Matrix. Yeah, and but maybe it's also just it's weird because it's that's also Warner Brothers. Yeah, so I was going to say it's almost like Warner Brothers has this kind of particular kind of sound because they often use when editing a film they'll use a temp score, so they'll pull music from like other movies and that sort of thing and put that in. And what happens sometimes is they'll either say. We like the way that sounds, just make it sound exactly like that. Yes. Or they literally just use that music. Because they're licensing it from their own studio, well, right? Yeah, again, I was about to say, because it's Warner Brothers, they yeah. could have just said... I know that that's what put like a big rift between um, James Cameron and James Horner. When really? They did, when they did Aliens. Yeah? They used some temp score from James Horner from a different film. And he rewrote another piece and they're like, no, we don't like that. We're going to license the other one. And James Horner kind of took shit for it because people are like, oh, he's just repeating himself. They didn't obviously they don't know behind the scenes yes. that they're just licensing other music what? that he wrote. And James Horner was like pissed, oh, and they didn't work together again for like twenty years yes. until Titanic. Yeah, so it's crazy that that happens on a huge multi-million dollar level. Yeah. yeah, but it also interestingly enough happens on a tiny little South African commercial level. Yeah. So we've had a few times where someone has said um, we would like to use Bikini Weather which is one of my band songs, Short Straw. And um, we'd go, cool, well, here's a fair amount, which is what the industry pays for original music, which is not cheap, but it's not ludicrous, but it's like this is where bands get a significant payday chunk, which is syncing. It's called syncing. And then they um and they are, and they go, ah. And then you eventually hear the ad, and it sounds very similar. Uh, and there's a whole industry of people that exist, musicians, that get given a brief and get given songs and yes. go, can you make it sound like similar? Like yeah. this, but legally distinct. S- legally <laughs> legally distinct, but, yeah. but, but almost illegally That is so you know, frustrating. Similar. Yeah. Because and those, if people go, oh, a- I heard your song in the new whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, like nope. No, that is didn't. such nonsense because I've spoken to people that have worked on big commercials with yeah. big agencies and big multinational clients. Yeah. And they'll, they'll, 
drop that money to get that international song like yeah who let the dogs out i don't know yeah like whatever it's got to be but as soon as it's a local artist we can cut corners yeah, yeah. yeah. you know it's just money it's That's one of those bullshit, things dude. briefly going back to john williams though yeah i just want to say um around about the times of the fablemans steven spielberg did very very rarely gives interviews but he did like a series of interviews with stephen colbert okay and john williams was in on some of those so it was like him and John Williams at Steven Spielberg's house with Stephen Colbert. They're all on YouTube. You can check them out. They're oh very good. God, that sounds amazing. I yep. want to watch that. They're really, really good. And isn't uh, John Williams, just to close off the John Williams discussion, isn't mm. he the most nominated yes. person in Academy history? Yes. yes. He's I think it was Walt Disney for a long time. Yes. And I think I In think his personal capacity. That's yeah. interesting. But John Williams has got something like 50-odd nominations. That's ridiculous. It's something like that. Ridiculous. I mean, that just shits on Meryl Streep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, that's lovely. Okay, uh, should we talk about some new stuff coming out that looks yeah. interesting? Sure. Well, we can talk about Secret Invasion, which is the new oh, Marvel sorry. series. Oh, yeah. Okay. What did you think? Um, I saw a critic. Well, I, I saw you know where studios post reviews. Yes. And I saw Disney post Disney Plus post a review that said the best series on television right now. Oh. Um, and okay. I I kind of. It it look stylistically, it's like very much the exact same thing that we've gotten, mm. um, and I think it's it's a cool setup for a story. Um, yes. I'm not sold on characterizing yeah. thus far, okay. but we're just, only one episode in, so I'm not going to judge that sort of thing too quickly. Yeah, what is exactly. what is Secret Invasion? You want to pitch this? Uh, yeah, I can do this one. So Secret Invasion is the new Marvel series. Okay, um, Nick Fury is the main character, so Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I've missed stuff or if they've just only introduced the stuff. Now, I know they introduced the Skrulls yes. in Captain Marvel. Mm. Who are yeah, those species. have been going for a little while. Yeah, they're a, a race of aliens who can like shapeshift into people and that sort of thing. And mm. I think the whole thing is plot Nick device. Fury <laughs> and Captain Marvel promised the Skrulls that they would help them find a new planet, but they could like live on Earth in the meantime. But it's been like, I don't know why. It's been 30 years and they haven't like found them a new planet yet. So now there's like a little splinter group of scrolls who are basically becoming terrorists to try and overthrow the Earth so the Earth can become their new planet. Cool. Yeah, yeah the scrolls are, it's a nice um, imaginative character. Mm. Yeah. Because you can use them really well because you never know whether they're actually a scroll. Yeah. And they do use that well in the first episode. Yes. There was a moment where I went, huh, yeah. oh, <laughs> didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Yeah, mm. so it is surprising and it is cool. Yeah. Okay, um, but so far, worth the squeeze. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to carry on watching. Yeah, I'll give it just a few more episodes. It's frustrating, like even this one where they say Nick Fury came back from outer space. Yes. I was like, where was he? Yeah. I can't remember where he, he was. He did leave at one point. There was a credit scene in one of them where you saw Nick Fury on like a space station. Yes. I think it was one of the <sighs> Spider-Man movies. That is so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So then you, oh, that is so annoying because then if you don't say for all the post credit stuff then you yeah. get lost in this kind of situation but yes. you know I don't know yeah. but I don't want to have that feeling going forward so yeah. I'm going to stick around because like someone said I don't want to be watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe episode 128 yes. and not know who Red Skull was or yeah. you know yeah. exactly it's all a bit overwhelming something I do like about the show is um, it's kind of like middle aged old people Marvel Yes. Like all the characters are like Sam Jackson, who I think is in his 60s. It's Ben Mendelsohn, who's in his 50s. It's mm. Olivia Coleman. Martin Freeman. You know, Martin Freeman. Even like Kobe Smulders is like in you know, her 40s. Like it's not like, it's all these right. kind of like middle-aged at least people. It's a very good point. You know, yeah. it's just, 
it's kind of just a little bit different that way. And they're yeah. all pretty good actors, so it's nice to, mm. you know. I'm very excited about Amelia Clark. Oh, yeah. To be doing something. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Khaleesi. Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, that's as soon as everyone gets confused, you go Khaleesi yeah. and like, oh, okay, yes. <laughs> Game of Thrones, got um, it. Speaking of um, cool sci-fi-y, yes. action-y things, um, I saw a trailer for something called Rebel Moon. Oh, is there already yes. a trailer? Yeah. yeah. How the hell did I miss that? Or, or what I watched uh, was a, was a was sort a of a behind-the-scenes thing, thing oh, which, is, okay. which is something we've spoken about, which is how it's really smart that in this kind of 2023 era, studios are letting you in to the behind the scenes at the start of yeah. these shows to give you context and have you feel like you understand mm. them um, before the trailers. Yeah. So it's a new Zack Snyder Netflix movie. I don't know whether it's a movie. I'm pretty sure. I think it's a movie. Yeah, it is I'm a movie. Sure I think so. Yeah. I think okay. Yeah. So Zack Snyder was a dude who was involved in like the DC stuff. Yeah. He, he did made, Man of Steel. He did Justice League. He did 300 and then we've spoken about this, how rare it is to have an entirely new yeah. thing. So my question to you, Oaks, because I'm a bit doff when it comes to this. There was no previous text no. or source material for Rebel Moon. So mm. what it is, is it's the hope is to create a new sci-fi universe, yeah. entirely new set of people, characters, story. But it's not based on anything. No, it's he, all original. He originally pitched it as a Star Wars movie. That's right. Yeah. And then it's it's the ideas have since morphed into its own yes. thing. So it's yeah. kind of cool to see something new start. Yes. So that Rebel was... Moon could be, you know, maybe there'll be a podcast in 20 years time mm. talking about the Rebel Moon movies. <laughs> yeah. The totally. way we are talking about Indiana Jones. I yeah. think it was interesting. Or, I think... or the world's going to entirely forget about it in yeah. about six months' time. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and we're not going to care. Yeah. Um, I think two notes there. The idea that studios are letting us into the behind the scenes thing. Mm. Um, it's interesting. I think it's also because Zack Snyder is a very marketable name. Yeah. Um, you know, his fanboys got him that Oscar. Yeah. So in inverted commas Oscar. Yes. Yeah. I don't know what um, is that. I don't know what do you mean. It was the fan what moments? The fan like cheer moments it's or something pathetic. silly. So it was, it was a like, Twitter vote. It was two Twitter votes. It was the Oscars desperately um, trying to be relevant. Yeah. And the idea when was, was people would vote in. I two think it was twenty twenty. So yeah. you actually there was an, it was an actual Oscar. Two Oscars. There was like a fan favorite movie. I don't think there was like an actual like statue. No. I think it was just like a they mentioned it during the ceremony, yeah. uh, and it was oh, it was during the Will Smith ceremony. So that's why none of us remember. Nobody it. remembers uh, anything other than yeah, that fucking moment. Exactly. Okay, yeah. um, they gave the fan cheer moment to the moment that the Flash enters the Speed Force in the Justice League Zack Snyder's Justice yeah. League film. Okay. Yeah, because the the Snyder fanboys like rallied, yeah, like all their votes, and it's it's not a true demonstration of what's like the best cheer moments is. It's yes. just who has the most cell phones, you yeah. know, like which fan base. They basically the did exactly votes. what they did to get the Snyder cut of Justice League. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I think that he's an incredibly marketable name, and that's why they, yeah. you know, okay. put him forward. Um. Zack Snyder said that the George Lucas's and the Steven Spielberg's like made Indiana Jones because they couldn't make James Bond. Yes. Or made Star Wars because they couldn't make, I don't know, the the serial movies or series yes. that was based on, right? Yeah. So this is like a similar idea mm-hmm. where he's creating something completely new where it was going to be a Star Wars movie. Yes. And then it's something completely original but yeah. based off of something else, right? That's cool. And that's awesome. I think that's exciting. And like yeah. we said, original sci-fi. Right. You know, people have been complaining that's... We're just we an original franchise. Yeah, we haven't gotten original contents yeah. or like at least on the scale. But some of the best material has been made out of that necessity where mm. I can't get made or I can't get hired or I can't get... 
I can't get cast in a TV show, so I'm going to make my own. Yeah, yeah. It was Vin always, Diesel. Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Vin Diesel mm. made that film. Rocky was that with yeah. Stallone. Yeah. Um, as I said, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Workaholics. They're all the same story where they're like, fuck it. Let's yeah. make it ourselves. Yeah. yeah, We'll cast each other and then they all become super famous. <laughs> yes. um, another great TV show coming up, which looks really interesting, is um, uh, this TV show about the American gladiators. It's right. called Muscles and Mayhem. <laughs> it's going to be on Netflix um, soon, 28th cool. of June. So when you say American gladiators, what is that? So we had our South African version, oh, but there was that, that but yeah. there was that era of the gladiators. Yes. And so the American one was called American Gladiators. Yeah. You know, where they competed in this kind of physical game show in these stadiums. And um and with it just comes all this controversy behind the scenes where they were taking roids oh. and they were sleeping with each other. And it sort of, Sounds like know. a party. At one point in the trailer, the guy talks about how like, you know, Roid rage is real, you know, which is like mm. when it starts altering your personality. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And he said the one dude like was biting his face. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just out of like in this fight, in this moment. It looks really interesting. Oh my um, goodness. And it immediately reminded me of this interesting moment that happened to me where we went out to this um this this place where you can stay for like a bachelor's, which are usually like little outside of Joburg. They've got activities like paintball and you can do stuff. And it's yeah. quite cool to do that for a bachelor's where you don't mm. drive around. You're not on the road. Yeah. Like you just can get hammer drunk like <laughs> in the middle of nowhere yeah. and bry and play games and do shit. And, um, and so, yeah, they also use this venue for conferences. You can also get the feeling that this is where a lot of school kids would come for like a camp. Uh, okay. You know, you yes. stay in those like those rooms. Those bungalows. Those bungalow rooms. Yeah. And um, we went down to the field and in this, under this huge sort of tented tarpaulin were all the original gladiator um, obstacles. Uh-huh. What? It was wild. And I was like, I remember this from when we were kids. We yeah. watched, you know, our version of gladiators. Yes. And all the stuff was still there and we could play on the stuff. It was no so cool. Ways. There was the occasional like wasp's nest. So it, oh was, a bit, it was a bit freaky <laughs> and the occasional like rusty little thing because, yeah. you know, all the stuff had just been stored in this under this tent. Yeah. But it was so cool to like see all this stuff. Awesome. But anyway, so yeah, this American Gladius thing mm. oh, called Muscles and Mayhem looks really Like if someone went to go find all the South African gladiators, see what they're up to now, do interviews, yeah. I would 100% watch yeah. that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Upcoming uh, movie, the Priscilla movie. It's okay. a Sofia Coppola film. A twenty four. So like you know the darlings of indie <laughs> quality yeah. cinema, and now Oscar winning cinema. Yeah. For a while. Um, A twenty four always release really interesting, boundary pushing stuff. Yeah. Sofia Coppola has done some of the best films we've yeah seen and enjoyed. I love Lost in Translation. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. Um. So this looks like a really interesting story, and hopefully a a authentic and respectful story of Priscilla Presley. Yeah. Which when the the last Baz Luhrmann Elvis film came out, people yeah. were reminded of just how fucking weird that whole scenario was yeah. mm-hmm. where she was 14. Yeah. Ridiculously young. Yeah, like, like even 29. by that standard yeah. and time, people were a bit like, um, right. this is, is this is this dodgy. okay? Yeah. <laughs> but it's Elvis, so like maybe it's fine. But yeah. like history, looking back at it now, is like my God, she was young. Yeah. 
And I think the interesting thing as well is that um, she's given her endorsements of it. Yeah, so that's said, the thing oh, is that no. you just hope in this kind of era that, you know, history's told by the winners, so history's told correctly. Yeah. And he has a chance to tell the story right. And interestingly, I heard something about the Presley Estates yeah. not being called the Moveley. Oh. And it's interesting that the okay. Presley Estates not Priscilla. Yes. Or she is not involved in that. Mm. Which I was very curious about. I want to read more into it. Yeah. But no, it's, it's interesting you know, if the person themselves out. have endorsed it, then yeah. I'm stoked. And also in a world where we've made films about like women who are famous maybe for the wrong reasons or we're famous because of men. Mm, like, yeah. I don't know, like we just had Blonde and Pam and Tommy. Mm. Like films that were terrible or stories that weren't really great at being in the corner of the people they were depicting. Also right. Pretty Baby, the um, Brooke Shields documentary. Oh, yeah. Also right. a great retelling and like hearing it from her. Mm. Yes, exactly. So like getting So the much was about people talking about her, people talking about, you know, are they sexualizing her too young? And it's interesting to hear it from the perspective from from her yeah that was wild yeah um interesting yeah. one more one more thing coming up that i thought looked really interesting is there was a trailer for a film called dumb money okay and it is all about the true story of that moment with gamestop uh, which which is interesting because sometimes we don't always quite understand mm -hmm. the nuances of that it's a little bit like um that movie about the stock market crash with um the the big short yeah where sometimes in finances, the subtlety of what's going on is, is quite difficult to unpack and understand. Mm. But GameStop was this moment where people betted against it and a whole bunch of... They basically, a little bit like the people um, were able to fuck with the stock market. Yeah. And a whole bunch of people got very wealthy and a whole bunch of people lost a fuck ton of money. Yeah. And so this is that moment. And it's got Seth Rogen in it. It's got Pete Davidson. Oh, I love these movies. Um, Another Pete. Paul, dude, Pete Davidson is fucking everywhere right yeah, now. Yeah, Paul Dano. Anything that Paul Dano touches, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I, am, yeah. I am interested in. Yes. Because he's one of those people where I'm like, okay, he's not going to get out of bed for nothing. Mm, and when yeah. he does it, he gives it his all. So Paul Dano is a, one of those like sneaky actors where I'm like, I like anything he's involved yeah. in. Um, so yeah, so dumb money looks interesting. On that cool. note, it sounds a lot like the Big Short, which I was reminded of on our Facebook group, which you, you where you should post and talk to us more. Mm -hmm. uh, because I was talking to mates of mine, Perrin, uh, oh. from after you'll remember, we yeah. always had great conversations with Perrin. He's like a okay, a so you know that nerd. person. Yes, you know Perrin. we studied okay. with him. All right, because um, I'm seeing um, him post a lot. Yeah, I know. Cool. I know. He's always going to get Facebook involved group. in a form discussion. Awesome. <laughs> like Flores. Like yeah, those, yeah, yeah. those are our two boys on the Facebook group that are chatting us. Appreciate them so well. Us. Okay. And um, yeah, I always have a great. He was talking about our video on uh, Extraction versus John Wick. Yeah. And he was saying, I'd much rather watch Extraction than John Wick because John Wick is this stupid for these reasons. Uh, and okay. mentioned as well that everyone should know if you have Netflix, mm. The Raid and The Raid 2 are on Netflix. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. And if you haven't watched those two movies, you really fucking should. Because those actors um, transformed action choreography so much that they were like hired into Star Wars The Force Awakens yeah. and hired into John Wick, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, but they a lot of what happened in the raid mm. transformed how we look at action movie making. Cool. So you should really check it out. But we were talking about, he mentioned the big shorts again. And I was thinking of those movies that demystify mm. these crazy things that happen oh, when you think of yes. 2008 stock market crash what yes. the fuck happened there like yeah. and then you get these people start 
explaining how the mechanics of that work and yeah. then your eyes like, kind of glaze over. It's like really distilling complicated Exactly. Ideas, yeah. And then if you do it through characters and yeah. drama. Oh. And Big Short did it so well. They leaned yeah. in where they were like, and here to explain... <laughs> You know, this particular nuance of finance yeah. is Margot Robbie in the bathtub. <laughs> and so she <laughs> so cuts to her and she explains this thing. So so that was an interesting thing. And there's yeah. a fun fact around the big short, which I think is a very interesting thing to point out. Mm-hmm. So it's based on the true life story of, of a guy who was able to see a market crash coming. Yeah. Basically, in the housing market, there was this lending, there was this bubble that was going to burst. And this one particular dude saw it and he betted against it. Yeah. So that's what a short is. You 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 short it as opposed to the opposite direction where you're expecting you it. You long it. Yeah, <laughs> where you're expecting it to to increase in value. You bet against it. Okay. And um and so he betted against this housing market crash yeah. and, and got a significant amount of money. He then became famous as a result of this because he was this little dude that saw this coming yeah. so people are now very intrigued to see what he does next uh, because uh, he's able to see things that perhaps we can't yeah. and apparently what this dude is doing very quietly but people are noticing yeah. is he's buying up water sources oh wild oh no don't say that because he's he's realizing that the next crisis for the world is going to be water yes fresh water sources so he's slowly buying that stuff up it's interesting. Oh, that's terrifying. It takes you back <laughs> to that Harvard study mm. they did in like the 70s or 80s. Okay. It's like before we knew that global warming was going to be such a crisis this yes. century. But they they predicted like based on a whole bunch of um, uh, uh, simulation. Yeah. Uh, where Harvard did a whole bunch of simulations around like capitalism and markets and stock markets and housing, whatever. Mm. And a lot of the things that they have predicted, I don't know exactly what those are, have come to pass, right. but then they basically predicted the collapse of civilization in like 2040. Uh-huh, and right. apparently we're on track and global warming has sped that up. Nice. And you're like, this is fantastic. 2040. Well, yeah. Okay, we got time. Yeah, we got yeah. a little bit of time. That's sort of what the one James Bond movie is about. The Which second one? Daniel Craig one. Where oh, Quantum of Solace. Yeah, where they're like, it's, I think it's in Bolivia where they're like, privatizing water that's what happens in quantum of solace and in in the movie they double the price of the water when it happened in real because this actually happened in real life in bolivia they tripled the price oh my god so the real life people are worse than the cartoonishly evil (laughs) james bond villains (laughs) and like the one the one um, pierce brosnan one is about it's like this insane idea about a man controlling like essentially controlling the world through news media and at the time it was ridiculous and now you go oh it's about rupert murdoch (laughs) yes oh wild that's insane. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Duties. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Great chat. It was a good day. Mm. All right. We're going to turn off the lights and go home. Yeah. Uh, please share the love. Uh, tell your friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you've got a second now, if you're not driving, um, give us a little uh, rating and review if you're feeling generous. Yep, it yep. goes a long way. And then uh, chime in over on Instagram. We've got ourselves a TikTok page. Wow. Look at us go. We're like young people. Yeah, <laughs> we're like the youth. Um, uh, and we're also posting a bit more on YouTube now. So we're growing our, our communities, mm. which is which is very cool. And of course, um, I think perhaps the biggest one is the Facebook group yeah. where um, you can chime in and just share stuff. And cool. uh, once a week, we also, at the end of the week on Sundays, generally we post the last four movies we watched and we it's nice to see what everyone else is watching and um that's a lot of fun all right um thank you duties and we will we will see you again next week noise bye ttfn bye-bye
What does TTFN mean? Ta-ta for now. Uh, let's take a... <laughs>